Greetings and welcome. Uh, once again, we're glad to be with you here on the People of the Covenant podcast. I'm here with Dennis Robbie and I am Brian Bowers. Welcome, welcome. All right. Dennis, how you doing, my friend? Doing well. It's good to be back. Uh, I know it's been a little bit. We've been uh, just busy with stuff and uh, life keeps moving, but we're glad to be back. I've heard from uh, I've heard from a couple people that have been listening to us so far, and I know they've been blessed and uh, had some good conversations, and it's it's a blessing to hear that, and uh, it's good to be back, and we're getting right back into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, we're going to continue to look at the subject of social, social justice, and uh, this week we're going to take more of a biblical approach to the subject matter, and um, yeah. Yeah, we're hoping to uh, just to continue to um, build upon what we've already looked at in previous weeks. And yeah, Dennis and I are are not remote this time. We're we're actually uh, within arm's length of one another. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying out something new. I think it'll work out better though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so Dennis, I'll tell you what. If you're in a position to do so, if you want to set up things, and uh, we'll, sure, we'll go yeah, and I jump wanted in. to just take a little bit recap. So we started our first session. We just did a general introduction, uh, conversation, looking at definitions and terminology of uh, CRT and uh, critical race theory and things um, things that have to do with that discussion, that issue. Um, and then our second our second session, we talked about a little bit of history of uh, critical race theory uh, was definitely not in depth, but uh, just looked at certain aspects of history, early America, uh, certain things that uh, people back then said, and uh, coming out of the slave the slave trade, the early American slave trade, and um, and I think that I think that was helpful to kind of again lay a little bit of that framework to try to understand. Uh, the difference in thought, the difference in uh, the the worldview and philosophies that are involved in all this, uh, and I think we should know that. And then the third session, like you said today, we want to di- we want to dig into the word because we are uh, we are Christians, we are believers, we believe uh, in God's word, we believe God has revealed Himself in His word, and and uh, he has revealed his truth in his word. Absolutely. So that means we have to go into the word, we have to dig in, we have to look at the principles that are presented to us so that we can uh, better understand the uh, our world, our culture, the things going on around us, better understand these issues uh, that come at us, and I would say attacks that come at us as believers, because I, I really do view CRT as an attack, an attack on the Christian worldview. And inherently, that's what that that's what it does. It, it yeah. attacks, attacks the core tenets of the Christian worldview. So what, um, what I wanted to do, and we're going to be kind of going back and forth. I know there's passages you wanted to focus on, passages I right. wanted to focus on, and uh, so we can go ahead and do that and uh, and and look at that. And I, I um, we wanted to split this up kind of into three parts uh, as we look at certain biblical passages. So the first part is biblical view of humanity and ethnicity. And here specifically, we want to almost just kind of step back and look at okay, what 
where does the Christian worldview begin when, when we talk about ethnicity, we talk about skin color, we talk about nationalities, and uh, where does that come from, uh, things like that. So we'll, we'll look at certain passages that, that I think will be helpful, and um, they're, they're simplistic at, at their core, <laughs> but they're so crucial, yeah. and we'll, we'll dig into some of that. That's good. The second uh, set of passages, we want to look at biblical view of history. And here is, we're going to look at some challenging passages, some challenging passages that, um, that just deal with difficult aspects of history, specifically um, history of Israel, God's law, how that was applied in their context, and uh, certain things like that that I think are maybe not always directly related to this topic, but definitely indirectly sure. related. Yeah. And then the third set of passages, we want to end with just looking at biblical alternatives to, to CRT, to critical race theory. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. What, what, are, what are some of the passages that very clearly demonstrate the two worldviews? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dennis, I'll tell you what, if you want to go ahead and, and jump in, we can uh, go ahead and get started and and uh, start covering some territory. Absolutely. So if we start in the beginning, again, uh, first set of passages, first point we want to look at is the biblical view of humanity and ethnicity. And specifically, we're, we're, we're thinking in the context of critical race theory, social justice, the the tenets that it presents, the issues between blacks and whites and, and things like that. And, um, and it's important to just step back. Let, let's look at the beginning. Let's look at how did God create us? How, how did all that work? And, uh, and why he created us and, and, and things like that. So what I want to do is, again, split this up into kind of four four points. So when we think about, in a sense, the question is, okay, what is the origin of ethnicities? What is the origin of nationalities? What is the origin of skin color? Where does that come from, right? That's, in a sense, that's kind of where we're asking. And and the main reason why I think this is such a crucial question and so important in this discussion is because I'll be honest with you. I um, I think the evolutionary evolutionary theory, the evolution theory, has so infiltrated our society and our culture, and in many ways the church, yeah. that people forget these simple core tenant truths that, at its core, remove any kind of tension that should exist in between between uh two brothers or two sisters in the lord that are of different ethnicities and different nationalities yeah you're gonna find that that pattern all throughout what we talk about today i think you know where the things that we're going to be talking about are, are are not complex they really aren't they're just foundational and i think when history is involved, we have a tendency to jump over the foundational and try to jump directly into history without trying to figure, without making sense of what is um, 
what is the core foundation of of the subject matter yeah, yeah absolutely so there when we think about the history of ethnicities the origin there's pretty much a kind of a four part historical account of how we look at this so it starts with adam and eve and well i guess let me back up so genesis 1 through 11 is what we're talking about here genesis 1 through 11 we have genesis 1 the beginning of everything and then that leads us to genesis 11 the beginning of nationalities if we can put it that way the beginning of nations right the beginning of people spread through the whole world um so we have first we have adam and eve genesis 1 through 5 we have the sons and daughters of genesis 6 we have noah and son and his sons in genesis 7 and through 9 and then we have the tower of babel genesis 10 through 11 so if we go to the beginning of Genesis 1, again, nothing nothing profound here, but just, like you said, foundational passages. So Genesis 1, verse 26, then God said, so this is after he's made pretty much everything except for man, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So right in the beginning, we see a foundational statement. God created human beings. That includes everyone. That includes <laughs> every ethnicity, every nationality. Uh, now, obviously, we're not saying, you know, at that moment, God created, you know, all human beings <laughs> physically and all ethnicities and skin <laughs> colors. Uh, but God created the one man and one woman from whom everyone everyone came into existence. Yeah. And that that is a simplistic but such a foundational truth. And the reason that it's foundational because we have again going back to to evolution, we have just such a uh such a denial on certain Christians to try to integrate evolutionary thinking with biblical thought to where they go to then deny oh, was Adam really just Adam? You know, was there really just one man, Adam? Yeah. You know, what, what, what about pre-Adam? Or what, what are we talking about? Or is this just a metaphorical statement of, you know, uh, uh, of, hum of human beings and, you know, the evolutionary process of how it became? And, right. and that gives the necessary framework for things like crt to creep in then because the minute you start downgrading god's creation humanity the simplicity of it the minute you start mm. downgrading that i mean it, it it's easy it's easy to then begin to see how things like critical race theory creeps in uh, things like the modern social justice movement creeps in and christians go well you know that's not bad i mean of course we, we should love people yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and just completely ignoring 
the philosophical foundation of these uh, uh, of these ideologies. Yeah, that's good, Dennis. I mean, yeah, I mean, we have a tendency to forget that at our core, we are all created as image bearers of God. And so we have all kinds of similarities that I think are denied, um, especially at this point in our history, where we we literally forget the fact that we're all created by, by the same creator, and therefore we have we have we all have dignity, equal dignity, and we all have also equal ca- capabilities of you know in our fallen nature of sin. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Genesis one foundation, beginning origin, uh, leads us right into Genesis two. Uh, we can look at, uh, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is obviously we're, we're skipping a lot here. I mean, there's so much, (laughs) yeah, so much, uh, context that could be discussed and uh but we're, we're doing a survey we're, we're trying to dig into certain passages that we think are crucial uh so if there's if there's certain things that we might skip that you know some people are like hey rich you wouldn't have skipped that well forgive us you know maybe we'll, maybe we can deal with some of the details later um then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the living livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Because he couldn't marry a giraffe or something like that. (laughs) So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. We we can finish the chapter out, but I think think we can pause there and uh, we kind of get the point. But um, so here we have a... Kind of God zooms in in a, in a sense uh, and looks at specifically the creation of man. Genesis one, uh, tw- the twenty six through twenty seven is kind of the the overall you know bird's eye view of, of God creating man. Here we, we have a we have a close up view of God creates man and woman, male and female, and from them all human beings originate. And they were real human beings. There was one Adam. There was one Eve. Uh, they were not some metaphorical <laughs> thoughts or manifestations or representations of, uh, you know, the evolutionary process or cavemen or anything like that. Uh, God created man physically out of the dust, breathed life into him, and out of Adam he created Eve. It's very clear, very simplistic uh, in what it says. No need to... Uh, you know, philosophize uh, that that uh, that truth. Uh, the other thing, as a side note, right? It's very clear: man and woman, right? <laughs> very, very clear. Uh, you don't say. In, in the in in the day that we live in, we have to emphasize that. Yeah. Uh, and it was Adam and Eve, 
right? Not Adam and Steve. So it's okay. uh, very, very clear. We have to emphasize that these days. Uh, but yes, we hold to a biblical, traditional Absolutely. understanding of marriage. And, Absolutely. Um, and it goes without saying, I mean, that was God's design. Mm, I mean, it's really absolutely. just that simplistic when it comes to that particular issue. Um, that is the way that God had intended it from the very, very beginning. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So, so Genesis one, Genesis two, give us the the the, the beginning framework by which to think about these issues: issues of humanity, ethnicity, nationality. Um, God creates one man, uh, and he creates one woman. Uh, he does not create a white Adam and a black Adam and puts them in two different gardens uh, and uh, says, hey, you guys, you're never going to get along. You're never going to be able to figure this out, so I'll just give you two different gardens. He doesn't create two worlds, mm. you know, one black world, one white world, and then somehow through history, the two, uh, you know, the white man or the black man came over and, you know, and now there's been fighting ever since. Um, I'm being partly silly, but I think it, it, it gets, I think it gets the point across. No, absolutely. God created one man and one woman and out of that one man and one woman, all ethnicities, all nationalities came to be. Um, <clears throat> so that is the theological framework of the Christian worldview out of one blood. And I don't actually, I don't think I, um, I didn't have this passage written down, but Act 17, there's a very clear statement um, that, that is so crucial. I'm just going to find it quick here. I don't know if you want to if you want to jump in while I look for that. No, I, I, I appreciate you laying out the, you know, the foundation of, you know, the origin of man up front. So I think we have a tendency to forget, you know, once again, because so much has taken place in the course of history, you know, that we are <laughs> from one human being. We were created um, through the lineage of Adam. So you're looking at Acts chapter 17, you said? Yeah, Acts 17, there's a very helpful passage when Paul is preaching in Athens, uh, the God who made the world, everything in it, being Lord of heaven, uh, and then... I'm trying to find the specific. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should see God. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. in a sense, we have here Paul summarizing everything we, we, we're talking about. He yeah. created, he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. Yeah, and that's good that you brought that out because here we are, we're, we're starting in Genesis, but here we are looking at this passage in Acts, and Paul, even after the the creation of various ethnicities, he, he goes back. <laughs> he goes back to the fact that we all are created from, from one man. Yeah, yeah and we'll... We'll obviously get back to this, especially when we look at Ephesians chapter 2, which is such a foundational passage, but think about the context in which Paul was saying those words. I mean, you have hostility upon hostility. How many different ethnicities were represented there? 
He was a hated man as a Jew. The only reason why they listened to him is because he was partly educated and he had something <laughs> great to say, or at least they thought so, yeah. right? Yeah. So the the amount of hostility present there in that context between Jews and Gentiles specifically, but even amongst Gentiles, um, and, and for Paul to make that statement, it's such a foundational statement. He, he's breaking through all of that hostility and getting to the core of the Christian worldview. Mm. You are all created by God from one man. Yep. And from that one man, all of the nations throughout the whole face of the earth came to be. I just think that's such a foundational truth that in this discussion is missed. Yeah. And, and when you, you know, it's almost like when you talk to people that uh, either either hold to a CRT worldview <clears throat> or, uh, you know, or to just at least buy into some tenets of it, it, it's almost like the response is, well, we all know that. Well, well duh, obviously, <laughs> duh. But it's like... Well, yeah, we all know it, but you're denying it. Right. You're denying it by by what you are saying, by the tenets you are presenting, and by the approach that you by which you're pursuing it. You Absolutely. Know, yeah. Yeah. By by the worldview that you are viewing this, or at least the solution you're looking to. So Genesis one and two. Now this brings us right into Genesis three. We have the fall that infects all of creation. Now, this is a crucial um, crucial uh, truth that I think cannot be missed in this discussion also. Uh, so again, I mean, we can read the whole chapter, but I'll just look at, you know, Genesis 3 uh, to 22. Then the Lord God said, so you have Yahweh here speaking, the, the, the creator God, the covenantal God, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. So you have the fall that takes place. You have God's judgment that's proclaimed on the man, on the woman, on the, on the serpent. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the garden from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the... East of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim in a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. We have a clear boundary that is being established here. The boundary of the holy and the unholy. Mm. And and the, the sinfulness of man has introduced the, 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 the realm of the unholy. And this angel that is placed is there as the dividing wall, in a sense. Yeah. The dividing wall that, that has been placed. And the issue that we are discussing of racism, of kidnapping, of injustice, of um, hatred, uh, you, you know, you, you, you name it, they are all a direct result of the fall. And that's a crucial thing to remember. <laughs> the sins that we are discussing, that, that are real sins, I mean, we, we've talked about this, they are a direct result of the fall. Absolutely. And the reason why I think that's so important is because the solutions to these issues, 
they have to be found in the creator of the creation. They have to be found pre-Genesis 3, if uh, just uh, speaking um, somewhat metaphorically here. The solution has to be in Genesis 1 and 2, not post-Genesis 3. And, and the argument that, that I think we've been making in, in this podcast uh, so far has been that the solutions of CRT, the solution of the modern social justice movement, are found in the fallen world. They're not found in the, the realm of the holy, of God's word. Absolutely. They're man-centered as opposed to being God-centered. Yeah. It's really that simple. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean that I think that that's really that that was really on my heart as I was thinking about okay, where where do we start? What biblical passages do we look at? What what principles do we want to bring out? And I and I think that that's such a foundational point to start at, namely that the, we're looking at real sins. We're looking at historical sins. We're looking at um, uh, uh, sins on a on a national level. I mean, there's there's you know, it's obviously a complex issue. But where does the solution come from? If you're getting your solution in Genesis three, the fallen world, which is what CRT is presenting to us, is offering to us. Then, um, then you're not thinking biblically through this. You're not thinking like a Christian through this. You're not. You're not reasoning like Paul in Acts 17 mm. from one man. You are reasoning, you know, like his hearers that just want to philosophize. Wow. You know that just want to, you know. Let's just hear a bunch of stuff. Oh, it's just an analytical tool, right? Just an analytical <laughs> tool. You're, you're viewing it as just, oh, there's all these things we can just, you know, all these philosophies out there. You know, we can grab that. We can grab that. We can grab that. Um, no, we we grab it, but we put it through the lens of Scripture. If it don't fit, get rid of it, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. 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 And it's superficial. Um, it, it can't, you can't help but deal with things on the superficial level if you're going to deal with them apart from God's word. It's man attempting to analyze and, and make sense of something that he didn't create. And because he didn't create it, he's, I mean, even the most astute scientists find themselves as they discover things about man and discover things about society, they always find themselves reaching a point where they can go no further. And in a situation like this, you know, when you're dealing with social justice, um, all the more possibilities are created to be able to just paste things together without much of a, a basis, let alone a foundation for, for, for why they're being posited in the world. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting, too, as I think about this historically, what brought about the modern social justice movement? What brought about critical theory and critical race theory? It Man. wasn't a worldview of theism. Oh, no. 
Uh, and I'm 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 just generalizing here for for uh, stick with me for a little bit here. So it wasn't the it wasn't the worldview of theism. It was clearly, obviously, the world the worldview of naturalism. Yeah. We as me, as as human beings, we have to figure out how to fix this. And the way we're going to fix it is by doing this, 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 this. Works. Um, works, you name it. Um, you know, we're going to, the government's going to fix this. They're going to create the <laughs> programs. They're going to, you know, do what needs to be done. I mean, we've talked about that last time with Lyndon B. Johnson and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting is looking at, and the, and the reason why I used theism is specifically because theism, every culture in the past had a cer- certain form of theism, certain form of, of the divine, of, of gods, of you know things like that. And uh, they didn't find their solution in, in things like critical race theory. No. That, that that's not what they ran to. Like this is not this is not something historical. You know what I mean? That we can point to and well, you know, you have the governments of the past that have thought this way and have implemented this, and <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. And I, I'm 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 generalizing and I'm uh, kind of um, just being general in, in the in the points there. But but I think it is an interesting thought that it's naturalism that brings about the the, the whole concept of critical theory yeah that's a very Um, good way of putting it um yeah it's it's man attempting to make sense of something that that is rooted in god's creation and glory hmm. and and it's interesting because we see that as as we continue reading in genesis we see man trying to solve the problems, right? I mean, we see that with Cain, with with Laban, with um, uh, th- things like that. We see, we see man trying to fix it. So we see man not going back to Genesis 1 and 2, like we're saying, but staying in Genesis 3 and trying to fix their problems. And it brings nothing but chaos, murder, immorality, destruction, you name it digging a hole that turns into a ditch yeah (laughs) which then brings us right to okay continuing in genesis so i'm not necessarily going to read um read anything um about the flood passages i i think for the most part people are familiar uh the sinfulness of man reaches at a point uh, of such a what word do we want to use? Such a uh, disgust, such a point of disgust that God brings about ultimate judgment. Um, maybe ultimate's not the right term, but <laughs> but uh, um, we'll we'll say ultimate in that in that context Certainly. in that in that time frame. So God brings about ultimate judgment and wipes everyone out except for a few. We know the story: yep. Noah, his sons, their wives, his wife. And then, uh, and obviously the animals are preserved. Uh, we're not going to, we don't have time to look at all the details. I don't think that's necessary um, per se. But so then we get to chapter nine. So the, the waters begin to subside. Noah comes out. Noah, uh, Noah worships God. 
and then you have the the situation that takes place of the sons of Noah and the sin the sin of um, the sin of Ham and uh, just a quick side note we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell here <laughs> but just a quick side note uh, no the curse of Canaan was not black people. Um, uh, surprisingly, I'm his- so relieved. Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> historically speaking, there's uh, there were actually uh, there were people. I, I mean, well, the Mormon Church historically has taught that. Yeah, I'm sure they would run from that um, these days. But uh, but even even some people in the quote unquote uh, mainstream Christian Protestant movement. Um, uh, used to used to teach that, and uh, we're just gonna go ahead and say that's flat out wrong. Absolutely, that's just uh, yeah. that's clearly not in the text. That hermeneutics is not <laughs> what gets us to that interpretation. Um, but again, side note, not necessarily dwelling there. But you have the the curse on Canaan, and you have the sons of Noah going out. And that's what brings us then to Genesis 10, Genesis 11. I uh, just want to jump through Genesis 10 very quickly. Certain crucial, <clears throat> crucial passages. We have the genealogies that are listed: sons of Japheth, sons of Ham, uh, sons of um, uh, sons of Shem. But verse five: from these the coastlands peoples spread in their lands each with his own language, by their clans in their nations. Uh, verse 1. These are the generations... Uh, actually, skip verse 1. Uh, quickly go back. These are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. Then verse 5. Uh, verse. We jump all the way down to verse 20. You have the same language, same theme all throughout chapter 10. These are the sons of Ham by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Verse 31, these are the sons of Shem, by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Verse 32, these are the clans of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies and their nations, and from these the nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. So we have a generic statement that's made there, the, the sons of Noah are listed, their, uh, their, uh, uh, their sons and their, their families and their, and their genealogies, and then just general statement of these spread through the earth with their separate languages, nations, you know, nations were formed and things like that. So we have a very natural progression that's taking place here, a very natural progression of the, the, the spread of humanity and the form of nations, the form of ethnicities, the form of skin colors and, 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 and all of that. Right. And, um, and Genesis 11, and I think the, the, I think the best way to understand Genesis 10 and 11 is Genesis 10 is giving us the big picture. And then Genesis 11 backs up and looks at, well, here's the detail of how that actually happened. Right. I think that's kind of the best way to, to view that. But I'll just read, uh, again, you know, so much to read there. But Genesis 11, just jump to verse 7. Come, let us go down. So this is God looks at the people that want to build the tower, um, establish a name for themselves, and God says, let us go down, and they're confused their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off 
building the city. So obviously it's not it wasn't just the tower. So it was right. something much more uh, much more yeah extensive exactly. Um, therefore, its name was called Babel or Babel or I'm sure there's other pronunciations of that. <laughs> um, Babel and uh, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Okay, so. Simply the point, again, nothing profound here, but something foundational. We have a natural progression of human diversity in the physical dispersion of the families. And the simple truth is God built this diversity into our genetic code, right? I mean, um, we're not going to get into, uh, we're not getting into some scientific discussion here, but just a simple point the diversity was built into our genetic code. There was no curse. There was no uh, <laughs> uh, spiritual, uh, you know, or, or demonic uh, influence here. Uh, family spread and natural progression took place. Natural mutation took place. Um, and, 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 and diversity was formed. And, and that's, that, that, that's pretty much all I wanted to look at in terms of this this first point of looking at just a biblical understanding of humanity and ethnicity. We have a very foundational truth starts with God creating us, all of us coming from one man and one woman, and then all of us coming from the sons of Noah and uh, being spread to, to all the nation, all, all the world, all the ends of the earth and nations being formed. That's good. That's good. That's good. And I, the only thing I could add is is that at this stage, um, I think it's vital for us to remember that, and as simplistic as this is, we're still at this stage created in God's image. Mm, absolutely. Um, we're all still the same, even though there are different different ethnicities at this point. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. and obviously the only difference being we're living in a Genesis three world. Yep. Now that world's being redeemed through Christ and the church, and um, but uh, but we're living in a Genesis three world, and there must and that that wall of hostility. Uh, no, not wall of hostility. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Ephesians two now. But the the <laughs> wall of division between the holy and the unholy still exists. Yep. It's still there. That's why there's. Um, that's why there's things like CRT that we have to deal with because it's stemming from a, a realm of the unholy. So the realm of the holy must respond. The realm of the holy must Amen. examine it and look at it and say, yeah. um, hold on now. It's not just an analytical tool, buddy. No. Um, you, you're, no. you're being naive here. You're being very naive. Um, and uh, and for for those who might not know the statement of it being just an analytical tool that that is a true statement that Christians mainstream Christians are making and was a yeah. was a big sticking point at at uh, at the last Southern Baptist Convention. I mean, Southern Baptist, the largest evangelical Protestant denomination. I mean, very very conservative, very biblical, and 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 solid in their in their core, you know, core teachings as a denomination, yeah. um, but has went through some massive changes. <laughs> yeah, is made up of uh, all kinds of churches with all kinds of beliefs, unfortunately. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, those were very legitimate arguments that were made uh, by, I'm sure, very well-meaning brothers, but very well-meaningly uh, naive and misled. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing to think about the SBC and how it was pulled back from the brink many years mm-hmm. ago. Absolutely. Um, when it was had kind of turn, made a left turn into the more liberal side of things, and and now here we are in 2021, and it seems like they're going right back to it. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, it just reminds you of how closely we need to um, to walk with our Lord and 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 to be informed by His Word. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the importance of having these conversations. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and if there's any, if there's any listeners out there that are part of a Southern Baptist church, we just, you know, we, 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 we urge you to really do your homework, really dig in, try to, yeah. you know, talk to your pastors, see where they stand on this issue, because it's, uh, uh, it's, it, it's a dividing issue. It's dividing churches in our local context. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing how it's sifting through the churches. I mean, yeah. you have certain churches. I mean, I praise God, the church we attend, um, the 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 elders uh, have taken a a stance of of uh, pushing back against this stuff, sure. and there are other churches that have not. They've taken the the opposite approach. They're just yeah, they're uh, welcoming it with open arms. Yeah, and and you know. I, Dennis, that's a very good point. I think a lot of times I think people think that you're being unkind when you even approach this particular subject because you, it, like, as, as if you don't care about social issues or, or issues even regarding um, challenges as it pertains to ethnicity. Um, but in the midst of them, I'm finding out that you still have to stand upon the scriptures, because otherwise, even if you attempt to straddle what you believe to be some sort of fence, to be able to um, appease two different groups on two different opposite sides of the spectrum, what ends up happening invariably is that division just, it just takes over and it, and it just, it, it destroys both sides of the the fence that you're attempting to mend. Hmm. <laughs> um, so we're we're you know even with this issue and with many other issues that are taking place in our culture right now, I just want to encourage our audience you know to don't find a side to pick. Find out what the truth of God's word says about the subject and stand on that. Yeah. 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 And if you did pick a side, it it better have been out of a real understanding of God's word and examination of uh, examination of the opposite side of uh, where's the foundation, I guess, is is the real point. You know, if you've picked the side, what's the foundation that you're standing on? Is it a a consistently biblical side? Um, Absolutely, Dennis. I mean, just. You know, if if truth leads you to a specific side, then stand there. Mm. And it, and I mean, it's not to be at odds deliberately against someone else, but it's what what else can you do? 
except you know. for to stand on the truth of God's word. Mm, absolutely. I mean, that's all we have left at the end of the day. Yep. So that leads us right into point number two. Any any final comments on point one? Just kind of the the biblical view of humanity. And, and again, I mean, it was very. I know it, it was broad. We, I'm sure there's a lot that that we didn't uh, we didn't cover and. Um, you know, biblical view of humanity, we can obviously look at, maybe, maybe we can end with the simple comment of, we live in a Genesis 3 world, but it's a world that is being redeemed. Absolutely. Christ is doing his work. Christ is saving his people. Christ is bringing in his people into, into the church. Christ is changing this world. Uh, he's bringing about his rule. And when we think about this topic, then that's how we have to approach it then. And we have to think about that. Okay. We are in the realm of the Holy as God's people, as ones redeemed by Christ. And we have to now think biblically. We have to examine the philosophies of this world, the ideologies of this world, or even the ideologies presented in the church. We have to examine them. We have to think through it biblically. We have to dig in. Yeah, um, yeah. Because if there's any hope for any type of transformation on earth, it's going to be through. It's going to be through the gospel. It's mm-hmm. going to be through uh, the changing of the heart of man, which is what the central issue is. The central problem is absolutely, yeah. And that's where it has to start. Mm-hmm.